Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around willy-nilly. Seems to us kind of silly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and I'm going to say a sentence that I never thought I'd put together with these words in this order. When you think father, when you think spouse podcaster you don't often add the word wrestler to the very end of that and it is my honor to speak to mr warren marlowe who is all four of those things warren how are you today hey man i'm doing well uh yep i'm that redhead stepchild that became a pro wrestler so (laughs) see it's funny you say that because when i told my wife that you were going that i was gonna have a pro wrestler on the show she got so mad at me for not including her she was like, because so full full disclosure, my wife is a huge wrestling fan. Like she loves mm-hmm. wrestling. She grew up with like the Attitude Era, and she te- okay. she teaches me about wrestling. Like we watch a lot of wrestling shows. Like you got like wrestlers is big on Netflix right now. She loves Young Rock because it's it's just funny yep. and it's a good time. So normally when we watch like movies or TVs like the nerdy stuff, I'm explaining every detail to her in painstaking detail. But now, whenever we watch wrestling, she's so super into it, and it, it's really fun to see her nerd hat kind of jump out. So, speaking of hats, Warren, you're a man of many hats, wrestler, dad, spouse, podcaster. How do you balance these roles, and what drives your passion in each of them? I'm just somebody that likes – I don't want to have that, you know, when when it's all said and done, that what-if moment. Mm-hmm. You know, when I've come from high school, I mean, I was not the best athlete, but I was – I held my own. I mean, I've had, I was a shadow under so many talented people. So, I mean, I've had my chances where I was like, you know, Hey, I could do this, but let's go do this. Like I got these options. And I mean, I was always that person like, you know, Hey, you know what? I can't make it in basketball. Okay. Let's go and try football again. Let's go do these things and stuff like that. I've always been just on the go constantly the main reason why I changed from, you know, basketball, because I did play a little bit of college, I found I was going to be a father. And, you know, I, if anybody knows me, I've always wanted to be a family man. And so I literally changed my whole life just to go and be a dad. And it was a whole different transition, you know, getting to hold someone that not only you help create, but someone that's going to look up to you and be like, hey, what's this in the world? Hey, what's, what's this, my, what's my purpose here, dad? Like, why is that person look at me? Why is this little thing like, Hey, is that Cheeto really good, dad? Like, it's like (laughs) those things, like, it was just one of the biggest moments of my life. And, you know, when it comes to that, we also found out that he was a borderline autistic and when he was uh, 12 months and stuff like that. So I don't try to brag on that stuff, but you have learned the word patience and patience grew for me to be not only a dad to being all over the place i mean i went and tried my put my foot into semi-pro football for a little bit decided it was going to be away from my kid too long so i was like all right back to being a dad and needless to say we had an issue where 
obviously me and his mom were not seeing eye to eye, you know, him being special needs, us going back and forth for appointments. We weren't focused on each other anymore. And I feel like we obviously grew apart and not to say anything mean, we split up and she kind of decided she wanted to go a whole different territory and she wasn't going home alone with somebody. So needless to say, I went eight months without my child because of that situation, anger, a lot of resentment. As times I went through some of my lowest moments of my life, I honestly shouldn't be here. I'm going to be honest with somebody. I should not be here. I had so many moments where I looked at it and was just like, what's my purpose? Like at times it felt, it was cool. You know, I wasn't so responsible to be like, Hey, I got to be here for such and such. I got to do this and this. I wanted that. I mean, I'm 22 years old and I'm wanting to be that parent. I'm seeing kids getting to see what their dads, I'm seeing people that I went to high school with become fathers and stuff like that. And just seeing all those little things that I wanted it so bad. And like I said, man, at 22 years old, I literally had to learn how to grow up such a young age. And I just was so accustomed to wanting to be a dad. And for, for that eight months, man, I felt like I wasn't a dad. I felt like I, my son was gone. I felt like everything was just in a crumbling state because I went from living on my own, back with my parents, working paycheck to paycheck, it was it was a it was a struggle for a while and my biggest downfall was when we went to court i thought this was going to be all finalized i'm thinking what's right from right and what's wrong from wrong mm-hmm. court system happened i'm not getting into it too much but we know how court system goes when it regards the custody battles the biggest thing that really i remember the most is he said as good as a father you are i don't see you being full time mm-hmm. and that struck me so hard and you know like i said man i went through so much of a struggle for the eight months i got settlement to have two days with him but when i was at home for three solid months straight i would drive on red middle of the night i worked a night shift so i'm thinking you know what let's see it let's see if this is really a destiny's fate and i would drive on red i mean every freaking night and it got to so accustomed, it was a normal thing for me for a while. One night, 16 wheeler came. I, my, my fate's coming. This is what I was waiting on. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And no hesitation, I turned away. And needless to say, like I didn't really break down for so long. And then when that moment, when I turned on the side of that road, I realized I was like, why did I turn? This is what I wanted. This is what obviously we were looking at. And I kept saying, hey, if you want me, take me. Like literally constantly. And I didn't hesitate to freaking go, all right, like for three months straight, I'm driving off this wrong side of the road. Why did I hesitate? And it really struck me so different. And then just memories of my son popped up and everything was like, I have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, long story short, short. Instead of doing something bad, I decided to get into pro wrestling. <laughs> Got in my research and stuff. I had a friend that knew somebody that was that actually ran a, a training school and also did a, a federation in my area. wasn't a super, It wasn't even a crazy price, and I got into it. Just wanted to try it out, just to sample it out, kind of like, hey, I was a pro wrestling fan. I mean, I was a big fan of this guy, you know, The Rock. Like, oh, who, yeah. did, who wasn't a fan of The Rock? And you know. 
when I was a kid, John Cena was my thing because, you know, I wear basketball. I mean, it kind of was like that repertoire I thought of. And, you know, with Randy Orton, I, I thought, you know, my reference was when I was little was I wanted to look like Randy because, you know, the girls love Randy Orton. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to dress like John Cena. It just felt like I was more in, 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 in sync with the culture at that time. Right. And it was just something that I felt comfortable with. But long story short, man, I got obsessed with it. I got, I got so attached to it. I got really good at it too because I'm thinking, man, I'm not the size of Hulk Hogan. I'm not the size of these people. And then when I kept meeting these guys that I've personally have gotten to be and share a show with and stuff, they were looking at me like, "Hey, man, you got a good build. You got this. Like, you consider you know doing these things." My biggest problem was when I first started wrestling was. I didn't get to have my first match as soon as I wanted because I kept smiling in matches and literally they're looking at, I was like, dude, you have to sell these hits. Like you can't look like you're having fun with this. And I'm just like, I don't understand this. And like, so have you ever considered putting on a mask? And I'm like, I'm not high flyer. I'm not Ray Mysterio type guy. And I'm, yeah. I'm definitely taller than Ray Mysterio. So it was just like a whole transition with that. And, Man, when I put that mask on, I just felt fearless. Yeah. It felt like a whole different thing. Like I felt like I felt like Superman, you know. Like I, I use this reference a lot. Warren Marlowe was my Clark Kent, but man, when I was American Prodigy, I was doing stuff that you know Warren would never do. That was my goal. And I, I'm not even gonna lie to you, it took me a lot to psych myself out to be like, all right, I'm gonna climb this ladder <laughs> and jump off this thing. Knowing I don't ride roller coasters right. or any of that stuff. So like I even have my mom sometimes texting me going, I know you're in the back because this guy is not you. This guy is not you. And it was just like those whole different transitions, man. I got so good with it, I got obsessed with it. My son loved it. Oh, my gosh. My son thought I was, like, some dang superhero. And, you know, and seeing some of the purposes that I have with wrestling, man, it was just – it was a beautiful thing. And then, obviously, you know, wrestling is quote-unquote fake, what we like to call it, right? It almost took my life <laughs> at times, you know. Mm -hmm. These things are not a safe thing. Like, I remember when I first started, I was like, hey, man, where's the trampoline to this? And I'm looking at them like – Huh? Where's the, where's, the, where's the net? Is there... I'm saying it's like, you know, there's got to be springs on. There's no way you're jumping this high. And when I got up there and I started doing these things, they filmed me. And I, I never knew I could jump high enough to do these things. Yeah. I played basketball and I know I couldn't even dunk. So I know I'm not that high of a jumper. But with the boards and stuff like that, and obviously how the balance of the ring, it looks like you're just in the midair and Quiet. stuff like that. And people would tell me like, hey, you, you got some good ups on this. And I was like... I wish I had this in basketball. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but it's like, you know, these little things that I learned, obviously, you know, what cuts down to like five years in it and I got hurt. And that definitely was a big depression at the time too. But my main, like I've said from day one, is I'm a family man. Mm. And my real reality was when I came home after a training, which I got slammed in a, in a wrong way, it was with a new guy. And it was on me somewhat, but I thought he knew what he was doing. And needless to say, kind of slammed me a little bit slanted. I landed flat on my neck. And I've only landed on my neck maybe twice ever in my life. I think of wrestling twice, maybe twice. And I got up, no problem. But when I went in the car, my car, I had like a 30-minute drive 
my neck locked up, oh. instantly locked up. So I'm driving 30 minutes and I can't even like turn. Like I'm scared to death. Like I have experiences from my mom because she had a car accident when she was 16. And my mom is, I, I joke with it. My mom was determined. Like she has rods and, and screws all the way down her spine, basically. Like my mom, literally, if she goes through a metal detector, she is sounding it off like she's a <laughs> terrorist, sadly. But uh, I'm sitting there driving like this, and I was just terrified. And the biggest made me want to really consider, you know, maybe stop is because I couldn't hold my newborn, do- uh, my newborn daughter, mm-hmm. and that really hurt me in many ways. And that really transitioned to doubt for me for a while. And I was in a mad depression because I was about to sign with a company. And of course, you know, the story it is. And obviously all that hard work that you've done, you're just, just like, gone. all right, man, what's, what's the purpose of it now? I'm not trying to wrestle in barnyards and stuff like that the rest of my life. So, I mean, but man, it was always it was an awesome experience. Awesome experience. But I will definitely say a long story short, uh, patience patience and you know me if one word that strives and describes me is i'm consistent Hmm. and that's something like i really keep an acknowledgement on i mean that's something i've always pretty much took major to my core yeah that's really cool man like what a story that's like you hear a lot about wrestling and i know you mentioned like wrestling is fake wrestling is super real like especially the physicality like wrestlers are athletes and the things that they do especially to their body like i did i did martial arts for 25 years and mm-hmm. like my just with minimal we have contact, a lot of those in wrestling actually. oh yeah i bet like my my wrists are, are like sensitive my knees are sensitive like you know just from years of just punching and kicking and punching and kicking yep. and like kick, going outside and kicking trees like stupid stuff and oh my god like <laughs> I have been through some very interesting martial arts stories, and I, I'll never forget. We, our organization, hired a guy. He, he go. He went by Sensei Jojo. That was sen- that was his name because we could not because mm-hmm. he he didn't even want us to try and pronounce his actual name. That's how like he was off the boat from Japan. He was from Okinawa, where where a lot of people say karate oh, wow. originated, okay. and he was teaching us advanced weapon fighting. And he would give us. We were doing these like thick bows, and I'll never forget. He's showing me a move. He's very soft-spoken. He's like, oh, yeah, you just go like this and then. And then he hits me right in the ribs. Everybody stopped, and they're like, oh. I was like, I, I thought I was going to pee my pants. Like, it hurts so bad. And But, like, for him, that was just normal. Like, that was just a normal, yeah. like, yeah. oh, you're okay. Like, I'm like, one my tier. My one, I, I had a great moment with that one. So when I first started wrestling, I wanted to know how they fake hit. Mm. I wanted to know how, hey, how do you punch someone without punching them? And they just looked at me like that look like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Oh, boy. And he's like, so he's like, close your eyes. And I mean, he decked me so hard. Like, I, I, that was my other thing when I first started wrestling. I had to learn how to take strikes without retaliating back so Mm -hmm. instantly. That was something that was really different with me at that time. Because, I mean, I've been, I've been known my whole life like hey man you hit me first i'm coming at you like that is the whole analogy so when he told me to close my eyes and he just wow like right here i was just like i got you oh okay. i got it, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense I, I, I always say you learn way more in life by getting hit in the face 
Like yes. every lesson that you can really learn in life, if you get hit in the face, you learn a lot. A lot, a oh. lot. Even like, even, you know, like boxing where it's all controlled or wrestling where it, it has a little bit more control, but it does not sound very controlled actually. <laughs> but no. the things you learn from getting punched really hard in the face. And I like your philosophy. I have the same one. Ne- my, my parents raised me a certain way. They said, never throw the first punch, but always throw the last one. Yep. Just the way that it was. And, I, you know, when, when I grace the world with my progeny with my wife one day, that will be their lesson as well. Now, you got to have at least one or two more, like, behind the scenes, good stories. Like, what was the biggest shock for you getting into professional wrestling? That wrestling wasn't what it seemed to be at first. Like, my first match, I remember watching WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be awesome. Like, bro, like, they're not going to – this is going to be amazing. And my first show being in a, a high school gymnasium that I I did basketball and football around with. So it was so funny, like, these things, like, I still was around it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even in high school anymore. That felt kind of weird. And it was like, you're grown men. The weirdest thing, obviously, was, you know, me being a good guy, you got to have clean shave. And luckily, I was at the age still where I was still slowly growing body hair. So it wasn't, like, super, like, fuzzy Yeti look yet. But just some of the things, my, obviously, the biggest funny one that everyone likes to talk about was, you remember the Nair? You know Nair? Oh, I know Nair. Like the bottle Nair? I have terrible stories about Nair that I'll never share. Oh, this is about to get really there. And I don't think I've ever mentioned this one on a show. Oh, exclusive, yes. So needless to say, my friend, shout out to my buddy Eric Moore, he would show me that, hey, I don't have to shave my legs. I just put this on my legs, pull the little rag on it, and it wipes it off. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I did it in my legs. Okay, no problem. I'm sitting there thinking like, hey, I keep getting broken. I break out when I'm shaving my chest. Same. So why don't I just try that? Let's just put it this way. I had a third degree burn because of this daggum there on my chest. I, I got to find the picture. Actually, it, it they actually photoshopped the picture because I was so red with the mask on. It was very atrocious. I'll have to send the picture later, but yeah, yeah. like they had to make my chest look insanely purple. Like it was that burnt because I, I got impatient at the time because I'm sitting there just slowly wiping. It didn't feel like it was coming off. So I'm sitting there like this, rubbing it a little bit more. And needless to say, I, I, I was probably more purple than Barney the dinosaur that day. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. And this was supposed to be my debut show. It was one of their biggest shows. It was like over 700 people in this building. And it was in, it was close to my hometown. And it was like, I'm so excited. I had people coming. We had, this packed out crowd. I was supposed to make my debut. And needless to say, when they saw me take my shirt off, I'm like, you're not going out tonight. Oh, <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah. So I learned, I learned Nair about, didn't put me over. Yeah. I, I learned about Nair in my twenties and I have a similar issue. Like when I shave, especially my chest, I break out bad. Like it's mm-hmm. not attractive. And so I learned about Nair and then they made, they have Nair for men. They, they'll do that. Yeah. And because originally it was just for for women's legs, and now you know body body grooming and ma- manscaping is the big thing. So I remember doing Nair, and I remember going, "Why does this burn? This shouldn't burn, right?" And then I read the label. I'm like, "Oh, if it's burning, I'm too late. It's already too late." <laughs> it didn't feel like it when you put it on your legs. Like it felt like a normal like lotion. Uh, and the but worst when you is put if that you put that sucker on your chest. It's like, what did I just do? 
Yep, and the worst is when you get a little too close to some more important parts. And oh, I didn't I remember, do that part. I didn't do that one. Luckily, if, if you get I a got little, to the yeah. part, like one, my, my whole side right here was just like, it felt like somebody was taking sandpaper and just scraping oh, my yeah. chest with it. And I was just like, I can't do it anymore. So I, I actually, tried so many different things. Like I did Nair and I said, I'll never do that again. And then I got to the point, I was like, all right, you know, I see body wax. Okay. <laughs> Saw this kid at Walmart. I was like, all right, let me try that. Uh-uh. I said, nope, I will just shave the day before the show. It won't break out until the day two. I'll be okay. But, yeah, I've tried so many different things, like, you know, because shout out to my dad. I have hairy jeans because of him. Mm -hmm. And it was just a struggle at times. You know, me being a good guy, you have to be clean shave. You know, the body's got to look well. And it and it doesn't. And the sad thing is it's really bad when the burn doesn't help cover with a tan on it. Mm. So <laughs> that was the worst part. I think what what's the one that I just started using? It's not no like no shave or something like that. I'll have to look it up. I'll send it to you. But it, it's not bad. It, it The burn is much better. But yeah, obviously. <laughs> but for me, like doing stuff like that, that was really big in my 20s, especially like doing martial arts. I wanted to be able to move. And then I started running yeah. mud races. That was like my big okay. thing, like the Tough Mudder, the Spartan. I was running probably four races a year. And anybody, really? yeah, anybody who's ever done like racing knows that like anything 12 miles that you do four times a year, it's going to. It's gonna weigh down. Oh, it takes some. It takes some miles on your body. Yeah, uh, especially the knees. Yeah. I've done one tough mutter, and I said it'll be a while before I do another one. Oh, I. I, I mean, I was in great shape, and I mean, I, I looked at it, it was like, all right, this is a challenge, whatever. I was like, never again. No, oh, I was. I, I was so done. I mean, I remember seeing a guy that looked out of shape get through it faster than I did, and I was like, this is a whole different animal. Very like, humbling. I, yes. Very humbling. We <laughs> we would go with a team. At one point, our team was like 25 people, and we would do like okay. themes and stuff like that. So we made a whole weekend out of it. We'd like go on Friday. We'd run Saturday, then volunteer on Sunday to get a discount from our run. They'll actually, they would actually reimburse yeah. you. And okay. I remember Saturday night, oh, God, we, the, we got thrown out of more hotel pools. And I, can, I never thought I'd get thrown out of a hotel pool, but we figured out – how to get thrown out of a hotel pool, I believe, at least twice. I think we got a little too intoxicated, and we brought the the chairs, like the plastic chairs at a hotel. We put them in the pool with us, and we were just sitting in the pool. And they were not too uh, not too fond of that. So shout out to the badass. They didn't mother. want the they didn't want the wet chairs. Yeah, no. no. So shout out to the badass mother duckers, who I'm sure at least a couple of you guys are going to be listening. But uh, yeah, that was that was like my thing. So I was very big on on you know the body hair and the grooming and all that stuff. In in my later years, I have calmed down. It's so down. funny talking about that now because I felt so awkward when I first started. Oh yeah, you know. I remember when I watched these documentaries on wrestlers and I mean, bodybuilders, like I remember when I had my first bodybuilding competition and I just did the board shorts thing, mm -hmm. you know, just what they call the pretty boy thing. I literally dieted for eight months, eight solid months, chicken and rice and oatmeal. That's all I did for eight solid months. And I, and I gained so much good weight. I looked phenomenal, but when I drank down, and then I found out the person that made second place in the stupid competition that never has been in the gym, I said, I won't do this again. Mm -hmm. I absolutely was so, I was so depleted. Like I was dehydrated at that time. Like I was just like, I put so much effort in because I watched so much of these bodybuilding things. I was so focused in these things. And it was just like, this was not what I liked. I mean, I won the competition, but I'm like, hold up. 
you got second place just because you're skinny. Like this was yeah, ridiculous at that time. I was just like, I will not do this again. And then I tried to go, okay, since I won this one, I looked a little bit more like these guys, I'll try it. And I got so uncomfortable because, you know, you got to wear that little mankini mm. thing. And then one of them tried to say something about my pelvic hair. I said, yep, yep I'm, out. I'm out. And and find myself into pro wrestling is just like a weird transition for me because I was so – it felt so awkward at the time, you know, going out there in tights. Mm-hmm. But I felt like with – I actually agreed to do the mask thing just because I felt the comfortability would be more – Okay, I'm basically in my underwear, <laughs> you know, <laughs> got a covered mask at least. So it's not like you could fully see what I am. <laughs> yep, but little to the imagination. But I've always wanted it's a to. a little awkward magic mic thing going <laughs> on. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a bodybuilding competition, probably in my younger years, way more when I was in much better shape. Like I still work out every day, I still try to eat healthy, and I, you know, I limit the alcohol and stuff like that. But one of our good, one of my good friends, Kristen, she's been on the podcast a few times. She got into it super, and she won a bunch of medals and competitions. And oh, our, wow. yeah, she did really well, and she's made it into much more of a lifestyle for her because you know a lot of times people get into like super shape and then suddenly drop off really hard, and it, it's, it's not good it, for your body. It stops, man. And I, I had that, I had that moment when I when I stopped wrestling at the time. And you know, the funny thing is. Like I said, man, I'm very persistent on just my overall thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how I was feeling. I mean, the main reason why I stopped going to the gym because, I mean, just put, lifting my arms up felt like a workout. Like, that really was different from anything I've ever trained for in my life. Right. So, for that to happen to me, I was like, there's no purpose in me going to the gym. If I have to sit here and do this and I'm sweating doing that, that is not acceptable. The only reason why it got me to get out of my get off my chair, my butt and do something, I pinched my stomach and I felt like a pudge was there. Yeah. I said, never again. I won't do this. I'm not accepting this. I went from doing just bands. <laughs> it was so embarrassing for like four, three to four months. I'm like not even able to lift weights yet. Mm-hmm. I'm in the gym. I can't even, I didn't even want to wear tank tops at the time because it was just like it did not look right for me. I got I got this nice little size body and literally I'm over here playing with two pound dumbbells if that and that's like heavy for me like it was a whole oh my gosh I had to I had to drop the ego and everything but you know that realization man when I popped when I pinched myself and I had a little of that little pudge I was like absolutely not it's We're the, not doing it's this. the struggle <laughs> it's the struggle and you know what it only gets harder as you get older like I it does I had to really reevaluate everything about my lifestyle like. I, I, the biggest realization was when I found out that I couldn't eat the same amount that I that I used to, and yep. so then I started lifting heavier and I started eating more. And th- unfortunately, the caveat was I was lifting more and I was getting bigger and I was getting stronger, but eating I was eating less. eating too much. So the stom- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the stomach came with it, and now I'm trying to go backwards, but still keep the size. It's it's rough and like. You know, some some people invest a lot of money into doing bodybuilding, and they'll they'll hire trainers and nutritionalists, and and they'll track their macros and all that stuff. I I found myself at the point where I wake up early in the morning, I work out, I do whatever workout I want, I just kind of enjoy it, and then I go to work, and then I come home. And at I least you've done something. That that yeah. that says for me, my and that's something I tell people all the time, man. It's like just get up and move. Mm-hmm. Get up and move. You don't have to go to the gym. If you don't feel like you need to go to the gym, don't go to the gym. But for me, 
my wife looks at me if i don't go two days and she sees that i'm moody or cranky she's like here's the keys go go to the gym like she knows she she obviously knows like hey you haven't been in two days go i'm not dealing with you <laughs> go lift those weights get all that out come home and be a different person yeah like my, it, it's, it's amazing it's how so uh, the wives know us better half the time than we know ourselves like same thing when my wife and i first started dating she realized, you know, it was fitness and, and being healthy was a big part of my life. So now when we go on vacation, she's, where's the gym? All right, I'll see. Like, I'll go to the gym in the morning oh, while she's man. still asleep. That's, that's my biggest thing. And I think it got us in trouble a couple of times because I remember, well, sadly, her father passed away. But Sorry. he he had scheduled us to go to this cabin. I, I think it was some cabin. It was somewhere in Georgia because we were evacuated from the hurricane, mm-hmm. which long story short, the hurricane found us in Georgia oh, after wow. we evacuated so that was pretty funny but i was my biggest thing was i don't care what the hotel looks like or whatever but what is there i could do gym wise mm-hmm. is it a machine or is it the dumbbells we'll check on her please i'm um, sorry uh, she so literally she looked at me she's like babe i don't know if there's a gym knowing your dad is probably not gonna happen that's not even the case like you don't need to worry about that gym i was like She's like, you have dumbbells. That's what you're going to have. You're going to have three dumbbells that are there, and they're not going to match. I worked the heck out of those 10 pounds. Oh, my God. So I went to a training earlier this year, and they had a very small gym, and it was a full train. So I would wake up. I would either wake up ridiculously early and hit the gym when nobody was there, except maybe like one person, because there's two benches. There's 19 cardio machines, two benches, and one rack of weights. And they went from like – 10 to maybe 50 so like if you're by yourself you can get in a good pump but i like if more than three people were in that gym it was unbearable yeah so i find myself whenever i go away i pack like four or five heavy duty bands and i'll i'll figure figure it out (laughs) because that's just it it makes my day feel a little bit more complete even like on our honeymoon i found (laughs) the gym i went to the gym so for me that's just part of my thing and part of my daily routine as long as you go, that's all I tell people, man. As long as you go, do something. If you're happy, you're happy. If you don't feel like you need to go, don't go. But I'm not – I don't sit here and want to hear people talk about, oh, this is what I used to look like. Because when they start that, that's where they're like, oh, I could look like this. But right. I don't have the effort to go and do this. And I'm like, you do have the effort. You just don't want to do it. And and if it was a shot or something like – I mean, well, I mean – we can call some people out, you know, if you want to lose weight, they want to take a shot now and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, and I'm just sitting there like, as much as you want to make that effort to put that shot in your body, you could easily do it. Yes, it's not going to happen simultaneously, but you will feel more better because obviously you have that longevity pan, span from losing the weight the right way compared to taking the shortcut. And that's something that I always learned too is shortcuts are there, but it's better just to go – from beginning to the end, because you can literally say, like a video game, you want you play from the beginning to the end. You're not playing for the cheat codes or the codes or anything like that. Some of them you can't even do that now anymore. Oh, I yeah. remember when we used to buy. I'm speaking our age now. When we used to buy these game books and we would look oh, yeah. for these codes for or, those uh, Game Boy games, like game, game Genie, I think was one Game Shark. Like you actually like attached it to the game and it would put codes in for you. It was wild. Man, I tried to use that so much for a Pokemon game because I was just oh, sitting, yeah. I was like, I can't sit here and spend all day playing. There's that. 150 of these things. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, but but literally, man, you just feel more 
accomplished from starting from that beginning stage to now. And I feel like that's where you get those pre and, I, and that's something I tell people all the time is like, you know, it's better with that hard work push than taking the shortcut push because the shortcut push is that's only temporary. Mm-hmm. You, you, you get to that physique, you do whatever, but now are you going to go that extra mile? You're probably just going to be like, nah, I'll okay. just have to, I'll just rely on this later on. And then you find out, Oh, you've got health issues and you got these things and you can't do these things anymore. And then it goes to the point where it's going to make it even harder for you to start from that bottom again. And that's where I feel like a lot of people get to that point. It's like, yeah, I've done it once. I'm not doing it again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where a lot of people mess up on, but man, it's crazy how many people would take a shortcut before anything else. Yeah, I totally agree. Now let's uh, switch gears because we're, we're getting towards the end of our time. I want to hear about mm-hmm. your podcast, man. Like you have your own show. Like tell us about it. Yeah, it's the Buzzing with Marlo podcast. It started out just basically, you know, me coming off my injuries with pro wrestling. I wanted to kind of like let the fans know American Broad is alive and still, you know, doing his thing. We went from just interviewing just random people that I knew from high school and stuff. It was kind of like a a high school reunion without having a high school reunion because we didn't have one. So I was like, oh, you know, with COVID. That was basically the whole startup for the podcast is because there's nothing going on. There was no, I'm tired of watching reruns on TV. So let's record and have fun with it. And I got, saw this anchor app and I was just like, all right, you know, worst case scenario, I just play one episode. I'm hearing my voice record and I can delete it. It's not like, it's like, all right, whatever. Well, needless to say, I send it and over 100 plays the first day. Wow. And wasn't edited. It was an hour and 13 minutes long. It was just basically about me. And people loved it. And they said, man, you you sound like you could do this. And <laughs> after my third episode, Anchor messaged me. and was like, hey, you know you can edit these, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's so They're hearing everything in the background. I'm not – this tell you how new I was to it. I was recording off my phone. I had a Bluetooth headset, but I'm in a room that has the worst sound you could possibly mm-hmm. hear. So you're hearing like it sounds like a thunderstorm while I'm talking on the microphone. But people were listening to me. And but Anchor literally reached out to me and showed me how, like, hey, this is how you can edit this and this and all these little things. And I just done this stuff off my phone for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And I went two seasons with just audio only and then Shout out to my buddies, my commission brothers, Dre on Wheels from the 1130 podcast, and my buddy Blackheart from the Off the Top Rose podcast. We, we formed a wrestling podcast called The Commission Talks. It was basically a collab. I'm pretty sure you've experienced this too, you know, on social media is where they go, hey, man, we want to collab, but you got to listen to their episodes. But then right. they find out they're not really listening to your episode. They'll subscribe to you for a second, then unsubscribe to you. And we used to call some people out with that. And that's what caused us to start commission talks. And the collab that we had with it was like a gentleman's club format. Mm. And he used to say, they pushed me to do video and stuff like that. And I've interviewed, you know, from a former playboy model. I've interviewed uh, Larry Hankin. I've interviewed. Oh, um, we know Larry. We've got Larry's number. Yeah. yeah. Larry's Larry's a character. man. Larry was I, I a lot of Larry. fun. I will say out of all celebrities I've ever interviewed, 
Larry will tell you, hey, I got a set time and give you an hour. Oh, my God. He, he was so strict about it. But He loves to talk. So even better, while we were doing our Larry Hankin interview, my wife was – we call her the producer because she'll usually mm-hmm. sit down here and she'll kind of keep an eye on things, make sure the computer's running, and then or just make faces at me while I'm trying to be super serious. But I told him <laughs> that she was a big fan because of Friends. And right. yeah. so he was he started yelling at her to get on the show from the microphones and she's like sitting there like totally flabbergasted he was so much fun to talk with the funny thing is nobody knows his name you just see yeah. him and you're like i know you i know you from home alone cars and trains all these different films mm-hmm. like obviously the newest one would be breaking bad yeah um so like larry would just be so open to talk about this stuff and obviously he was promoting his book at the time i don't right. know if he was was he doing that with yeah, you promoting his book, book? Yep. okay yeah, yeah actually an interesting book i will say like for someone that you know took a very small role and he was adamant he did not like a real big role and stuff like that yeah. and i just loved the whole stretch of how he would talk about these questions and stuff like bless his heart man he's he went on there for almost two hours with me because my daughter was coming in and out a screaming back and forth like she was only like I think three at the time so i'm playing around with a three-year-old doing a recording in my closet like it was just like these little things but i've had a blast with these episodes and my main purpose is what i want to teach my audience is man you could do something but these are the things that you need to do mm-hmm. but this is how they found a way to succeed this is a way that they've learned how to do things and that's something i've t- i want to just help the audience go man if you have that what if why haven't you tried why haven't you you know took that advantage to maybe give that idea out man and that's something i learned in wrestling really i really learned in pro wrestling was all these guys i watch on tv and stuff like that they've used people's moves before Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as your move anymore like when i do a code breaker or i do a arm drag i do a DDT or anything like that. It's not an American Prodigy's move. That's like 90 different thousand different wrestlers that has been past my days and stuff. Um, Obviously, if we're going to go with whose actual move it was, probably Jake the Snake Roberts because he started the DDT out of everything. So it's like everything's going to be recycled, but you got to put your own own little flair into it. And that's something I try to teach the audience, man. If you want to make an iPhone – Go make a dang iPhone. Go find something to do, but you got to find, all right, this is what you got to do. This is how you promote yourself, get yourself out there. And I feel like my experience in pro wrestling, because obviously I had to sell myself as an attraction Mm -hmm. to get on shows. I feel like that helped me increase with, you know, doing the branding and stuff like that with the podcast. The networking part wasn't that hard for me. The part was, the guest i'm sure we could all have that conversation with that one. Oh yeah but um, i went from you know doing pre-recorded episodes and i would do some live specials and stuff like that the main one i think the obviously the number one episode it had to have been the one to jump off is my 100th episode mm-hmm. where in the very end they found out i came back in wrestling i found out that my doctor gave me the go ahead awesome so yeah so i've been actually currently on an active roster of wrestling again for a year so it's been awesome fun. I'm very picky on my matches. I've only done five matches so far this year. Wow. But uh, it's been fun. Like my 100th episode, we played around with this guy that he basically called me out on social media for like four months straight. Mm-hmm. And we basically had a whole few just going through the podcast. And 
Love you too. All right. And uh, okay, okay. Dad life. Um, baby, we went through a whole year where we promoted this whole thing, and then we actually got promotions to sell on it, wanting to headline these things at their shows and stuff. Would feed me in like, hey man, I want you in this one. We could do it at this one, and we just played with it like vignette wise, like. Mm -hmm. It was so compelling to like when I first showed up to this promotion, people were just like, oh, my gosh, he's here. And that's where I realized where my audience is getting bigger because I thought my main audience was overseas. And that's something I think everybody's realized when you do podcasts. Oh, yeah. Your main audiences are overseas people, you know, the UK. It's wild. Um, Germany is my main go to, which is kind of weird like a like I a mean, new zealand or something like that that's always fun yeah, yeah i was just like my voice is really mentioned out here but no the craziest thing is like when you have your little merch and stuff and they're like hey such and such bought this in africa i'm like what it's crazy all right i mean those are the cool things that you just really remember and it's like oh, man that's I've, awesome. I've created something pretty cool and i think the, my biggest treasure moment with guarding the podcast is my kids get so excited when they see the intro. Mm -hmm. They lit up like it's a Sunday cart. I'm in a Saturday morning cartoon. So it's like really cool when they brag to their kids and like their friends are like, yeah, my dad is on TV and we'll watch daddy. <laughs> like there's some episodes I won't let them watch, but it's like my daddy's on TV. I'm enjoying this type thing. So that's always a cool thing for me. That's really awesome, man. So we are getting towards the end of our time. At the end of our episodes, though, we do like to play a little game. If you're interested, we do a rapid fire question segment where I usually pick like three or four questions, nothing too crazy. I try and cater it to who I'm speaking with. So they are a little little wrestling base. So if you're interested, Let's I go. got – all right. What is one wrestling move that you wish you could use in a daily situation? Codebreaker. And what would be the situation? The avoid just avoid arguments. That would be the best one for me. <laughs> All right. What is one podcast episode from your show that you think every listener should tune into? I know it's a tough one. Every Friday. Every Friday. I just gotta say every Friday. I have a new episode every Friday. Probably the number one everyone's gonna do is the one, like I said, my hundredth episode. It's one of the number one listens episode I've ever had. That's awesome. What's a piece of advice that you would give to someone stepping into the wrestling ring for the first time? Brand yourself and respect. That's something I would really tell people. Like, you've had people that have died in here. You've had people that have put their – I mean, we've seen people paralyzed. We've seen people literally lose families. I mean, it's it's kind of like the military in ways. Like, our references like a military. Like, you're gone repetitively. You literally don't see your family most. Like, they could probably see you on a, a YouTube channel or something rarely, but it's like – you're never home. And, you know, these guys put so much on their body just to make that one pop for fans. Yeah. And that's something I want to – if you love it, do it. If not, probably can reconsider. <laughs> All right, last one. If you can wrestle any historical figure, who would it be and why? My dream match has got to be The Rock. Yep. I eat, sleep, live everything this man talks about. I talk about – I joke about it. He takes half my paychecks. Project Rock. I never drank tequila, and I found a find a way to enjoy Terramana. Uh, I'm not a big fan of energy drinks by any means, and I drink Zoa. So, so yeah, I will go with I will go with him. <laughs> that's awesome, man. All right. So for any of our listeners who want to hear your show or learn a little bit more about you, how would they do that? 
They can catch me on YouTube every Friday. They catch me on Wednesdays for commission talks, just on Buzzing with Marlo channel on YouTube. You can catch us on audio, obviously Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, and we're on Pandora now. And that was that was a challenge. I will definitely say Pandora's Pandora's tough. Like I go through Pod- very picky. I go, I, I go through Podbean, and Podbean's usually very good at getting you on all these different things. But mm-hmm. yeah, Pandora took a while, and I was kind of surprised with how long it took. It was a struggle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's gonna wrap us up, Warren. Thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic, man. No problem, man. Hopefully, no we'll have you back on having. soon. Yeah. All right. Take care. I'm going. Hey guys, it's Paul, and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands, and the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service. You're always looking to grow, and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys can get $100 worth of free advertising, again, as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Man, what an awesome interview. Warren has been just such a awesome dude to get to know. Uh, ever since the interview, we've been uh, chatting a little bit more. He's been sending me a bunch of other things that he's been working on. So make sure you guys check him out. I tagged him in all of our posts. So go on our Instagram. We actually have the full YouTube video of this interview up live too. So if you guys are tired of just hearing voices and you want to see some actual faces, I don't know why you'd want to, but it's there. Make sure you go to our website or excuse me, to our YouTube channel, The Misfit Faction. You'll find it there. And if you guys are looking for more of our content, as always, our website, themisfitfaction.com has news, reviews, articles, and more. So make sure you guys check that out. I think there's even an article about Warren and wrestling on there. So make sure you guys take a look when you get a chance. You can also find us on all the social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Just type in MF Uncensored or The Misfit Faction and odds are you'll find some of our stuff. Well, thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you next time.